You're listening to Read Between the Letting with Aaron Heath and Matt McInerney. It's June 6th, 2009. Today we're talking about type on the web. We've got lots of news in this realm, including multiple approaches to the same problem. We'll be talking about Typekit, Font Bureau's permission tables, and Font Shop's new face, Axel. Going to be a good show. Stay tuned. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's it going, Matt? It's been a week since we've since we've done this now. And it feels like forever, but uh, it does we're feel back like for a week. Um, and we want to talk about type on the web. This is something that we've talked about in a lot of previous episodes. We keep bringing it up. We keep bringing it up with our guests and asking to solve problems. And we were trying to see if anyone you know had any new ideas because although this gets talked about a lot, it seems like uh, the discussion on it went kind of dark for a while. But and now it seems like in the sudden, past two weeks. Everything happened. Everything happened all at once, which is funny because we were uh, – we'll reveal our idea later in the show, but we had a big idea about this too, and we're about, we're about ready to start rolling on it. And then everyone seems to have a solution for type on the web in the same – geez, it seemed like the same day, didn't it? It really does. And you know, have you – you've, you've heard of that theory, um, social consciousness, right? Where, yeah. Where when someone starts thinking something, kind of everyone in the world is – and you know, that's been – that's been scientifically, not scientifically, but documented over history. Whenever there is a big invention that came about, not not saying that type on the web is a big invention, but um, you know, like the telephone, or I can't remember all of the things, but you know, big inventions like that, it was being developed in completely different places by different people who had no idea about what was going on in the rest of the world at the same time, which is just really fascinating. And I think we really see this here because three yeah. ideas <laughs> all in the same of the span week essentially coming out. And I like Maybe, this parallel thought. It's pretty great because it's a lot of people solving problems we need to solve. And they're not – none of them are necessarily perfect right now, but um, but they're all definitely different and interesting ideas into getting this going. So let's start off with talking about what we mean by type on the web real quick. So, the, so obviously the problem is um, we have all these fonts on our computers, and we can use them in our, our own various work. Like we can use it if we're using Illustrator or Photoshop, or we could embed it in a PNG and put it on the web, or we could put it in Flash and use it in Cipher. But since um, browsers have finally been adopting at font face, which allows you to embed the actual font in a web page, um, there's been this huge controversy, obviously, because if you just put a font online on someone's server, really easy to download, therefore really easy to steal. So of course, uh, designers want to use the fonts, but the type foundries don't want you to steal their fonts, so how do we find this happy medium? And you can, we could have always used all of these typefaces on the web, but we'd have to save images out to do that. And that becomes a problem because it takes up a lot of time. Um, it doesn't, it, if we're, you know, now we work with dynamic pages all the time. Maybe 10 years ago we weren't, but essentially every title of, of an entry of a blog or, or any website, any news updates, you know, you'd have to go back and resave it. So what we want is just something that automatically grabs that face as we would in a PDF or, uh, or Photoshop or Illustrator or InDesign like, like Matt was saying. And like Matt was saying, uh, the fear of theft was stopping us from doing that. We were stuck using web-safe typefaces like Arial, uh, Georgia, Tahoma, Trebuchet, yeah. And the web started to look a lot similar everywhere you went. Um, we couldn't use a lot of these nice display faces, uh, and if we could, we were stuck using Cipher, which was it's a good method. Uh, what ex do you want to explain Cipher real quick? How does it work? It uses Cipher Flash. basically in it's, Cipher stands for um, scalable inman flash replacement and replacement. And one thing I really like, uh, SCAD student came up with it, um, yeah. and it, it's a way to embed fonts into a SFW, SWF file, shockwave file, and then you upload that 
uh, onto your web page and you put a, a little piece of JavaScript into your code and then the, the JavaScript and the Flash translate whatever type is on your page into the font embedded in the Shockwave file. Um, kind of hacky. I mean, it's really a, yeah, smart a idea, hacky. but it's not a really But at this point, we should have a yeah, – I mean, for something as simple as what we want to do, we should have a better way to do it. Not everyone's going to want to do that. And uh, also, not every foundry supports a license for that as well. That's true. So, yeah, there's some great – like HFJ does, but that's, that's a few. Not everyone will allow you to right. embed things in Shockwave files. And it's still just easier to declare at font face in a CSS document and, and do it that way. And now we almost have that opportunity in a sense. So we've got three pieces of news to talk about today. Which one do you want to start with? Well, let's start with Typekit. I feel like Typekit's got the most buzz. Typekit has a lot of buzz. Um, and Typekit, we're hoping to get this guy on the show actually, uh, but type, what Typekit is essentially is it, there's not a lot of news out yet there's just a blog post and so what I'm what I'm getting from this and if you know if I'm wrong someone email us and correct me um, <clears throat> and we'll talk about it next show but essentially I think it's kind of like this intermediary intermediary piece of software that uh, they're working specifically with type foundries and um, I think that they're gonna kind of re-release faces for the web through Typekit. Typekit seems like another piece of software, um, and and that's how it. I, I think it appears to protect the typefaces, but it's not going to work with any typeface, not, not just anyone. If if from what I'm reading, I understand correctly, it's they're only working with specific foundries, and it's only going to work with specific faces for the time being. I'm sure their catalog will grow, but I think you're actually going to be purchasing purchasing these faces through Typekit as opposed to the original Foundry. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, and the, the pretty simple way is um, you uh, buy your, your fonts from Typekit, you put a little piece of JavaScript in your markup, and then you can go ahead and use at, as, like at font face to embed everything um, as long as you've purchased it. Or they said they'll carry free fonts, stuff like that. Um, so right now it's not an option yet. You still have to sign up and wait for them to email you when it's ready. But it sounds like a pretty interesting idea because it's not it, – it, while it's not every font in the world, uh, it's still – I'm assuming they're going to get some nice ones. We have four fonts to work with now, so just yeah. any addition is pretty great. And, and their, co- their quality filter, it's a quality filter because they're going to um, pick font, font foundries exactly. that are, make great fonts, not just go to Defont and let you download those. And it's and it's going to grow. I mean, like you said, it's already got quite a bit of buzz. This is just only going to continue. And so this is probably, I would say, um, I would say this is the most effective way of keeping typefaces from getting stolen. Yeah, no, because they do the job of protecting the foundries for you. Um, so the designer doesn't really have to worry about it that much, and the foundry doesn't really have to worry about it that much. They'll worry about it for you. That's um, the so pro. I'm, I'm sure. Pro is... I mean, it's possible someone will hack it at some point, but. You know, that's that everyone runs the risk of that. Like the Blu-ray was hacked in how many days after it was released? Um, one, you maybe? can yeah, you can spend years coming up with DRM or some if you can way make to protect it, you can a, break it. a file. Yeah, someone can break it, but I think um, it'll probably be pretty effective. It will, but it, here's the cons. I think the pros are really for the type foundries, and the con, the cons are a little more for the consumers here. It's going to be great because it's out there for us, but at this point, it seems like we might be paying more. Than we normally would because essentially you're buying a second license, not not a, not an expanded license, but almost a second license, right? Uh, I think so. We don't we don't really know yet either. There's not an, enough information out there. But um, and you're still you know you're not actually using your face. You're using a piece of JavaScript. Um, it really is in this sense. It's a license. Yeah. Um, so the next the next one we want to talk about. Let's move on to Font Bureau's idea of uh, permission tables. This is kind of in the middle of, of all three. This is, um, 
you know, it's you, you get a little more the consumer gets a little more power with this, I feel like. It's well, it, it's basically anyone who will support it, of course. Um, and and Fonpier is a pretty great start because they have a lot of great faces yeah. that you could work with, like they have Interstate Eagle. Anyway, the idea is that you'll have just like you have a kerning table. We'll add a, they'll add another table called the permission table that allows you to set permissions on where these fonts can be embedded, whether it be in files or in in uh, web pages with at font feed or excuse me at font face. And uh, I, I think with this method, they can specify specific websites as well, correct? Yeah, I think I, – I, I believe that's the entire point is that you can spe- specify who got the license for what font in that table. And then the tools that display that face will be able to read it um, right. and hopefully prevent people from, from using the font where it hasn't been licensed. And then is this something we're going to have to wait for browsers to catch up with? Because at FontFace, I mean, it's not reading a table at this point. That's the, that's the one thing David Barlow pointed out in the blog um, post that he wrote about it, is that uh, the things that are going to have to change, of course, are going to be the font tools. So the, the format and of that's the fonts take, are going to stay the same. Years, it's still going to be open type and stuff. Well, I, I guess so. I'm, I'm, it's, still, it's so early in, in uh, this phase. I, don't, I, don't, I wonder how long it'll take or if it could be easily implemented. Well, I don't know. I, you know, f- with as with as much as WebKit and Fire and Firefox update, you know, their Gecko builds all the time now. It seems like within a couple of weeks or a couple of months, they could they could have this implemented. I know Web. God, I would be surprised if WebKit doesn't already have it implemented with with as fast as they are with things. But um, this is another. This is the idea that's been talked about a lot. You know, for the past couple of years, they've been talking about just using permission tables. But it's all, it's gotten so much backlash all the time because the problem with this is. You can still you can hack this a little more easily. You can essentially just go in, uh, use use a tool, go into the permission tables, and edit the permission tables if you have uh, type editing software. And of course, there's going to be software that doesn't read permission tables, at which point it's not really useful. But it's the you know obviously this is more future looking. This is not. Um... Yeah, and that's the point. The point is is that people have been talking about this. It gets shot down. But I think that Font Bureau essentially said, well, we can talk all we want, but we might as well do something. And maybe when we do something, it'll spark. It'll and spark and kudos else. to them. I mean, yeah. Oh that, yeah. That, that one of the first uh, type foundries stepping forward to trying to solve the problem. And that's what we need. We need what you know whether the solution ends up being the great final solution or just a step in the right direction. Either way, I'm pretty happy about it. I am too. Um, and that's, I mean, it's a good solution. So far we've got two. Now we've got the third one, which is probably the least convoluted of all three. And I hope this is the one that catches on. Well, it's, it's not even really a, a universal solution. It's just, uh, putting out a typeface that's pretty cheap. And that is, uh, when Eric Speakerman just recently put out Axel. Um, and this was announced at, uh, uh, Typo Berlin. And Axel is basic. I mean, it, it looks like a Speakerman face. You'll see you'll see the influence of like Meta and Info in it. Um, but it was designed to be easily read on screen. Um, and he shows the uh, the font in like Excel uh, tables or Excel spreadsheets, so you can see it compared to other fonts and how it reads on screen. Um, but the exciting part is that it's only twenty bucks for the whole family. And uh, Font Shop right now is working on their licensing agreement to allow it to be used easily with that font face. And this is a, this is a rumor at this point that the people who bought it will will for free um, be able, or in the future it'll be free. Like after you've bought the license, you are allowed to use it on the web for free. It's not an additional fee. It's not another license. It's just part of the license. That's a rumor at this point, though. Correct? Well, there well there is the. Um, the Typo Berlin blog, which is in uh, German, so you'll have to translate it if, you, if you're if you an English speaker. Um, but w- it just said they're working on 
a license agreement. So I don't really know exactly what the agreement will be, but it does say at font face will be included in it for allow allowing you to use it. But it's only because, twenty bucks, you know. Right. There's that, and because Axel was uh, you know designed for screen, that's that's a lot where, where those speculations really coming from. Um, but this is you know it's my favorite solution, obviously as a designer, it's the cheapest. It uh, it's going to get the face out there and. I'm not going to go around stealing faces like that. I, and I have a feeling a lot of designers probably aren't either. Yeah, no, it seems pre- pretty hard to steal a $20 face or at least justify it. It's not like, oh, it was 600 bucks, so I don't even have that money. It's it's 20 bucks, you know? Gotham, if are you doing... listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it's if, if especially if, let's say, you're working for a client, I don't see uh, adding 20 bucks just for the... Uh, just for the font on, on the web page is if you have a pretty decent client, I think you're going to be able to talk them into that. Or even for Absolutely. your own use, it's not that much extra money. Right. Yeah, that's nothing at all. I'm uh, 40 bucks to be able to use it on the web. And nothing. well, the, I guess the problem with this solution is, of course, the possibility that type designers aren't getting paid enough. Because um, it is possible that a type designer releases a font like this, it only sells a couple of times, and they put all this work into it. You know, but but is that really if that happens, it's not going to be because people are stealing it. I no, it's like, because there's not a market for it. I guess we don't have statistics on on how often typefaces are stolen or you know how how much money they you know type designers lose on it. But I can't imagine. Listen, okay, the reason we want to be able to to use font face and CSS and not use more convoluted uh, methods like Cipher is because a lot of people don't have the time or and don't want to learn those methods because they are more complicated. Yeah. What makes you think these same people are going to learn how to you know, go and find the file, download the file, and do everything they need to do to steal the face? Yeah, that's true. It's also um, it's so transparent, too, to steal a face and put it on your website. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're, oh, yeah. you're you're, it's, it's on your server. You're clearly the guy who stole it. I don't know. Well, there's, I mean, there's than... that, but then on the other hand, if a face is really well known, how are people really going to know, oh, he stole it? How, how are you going to know if you stole it or not? Maybe you're just, okay, what I'm saying is, is if it's available to use on the web, how are people going to know who stole it and who didn't at that point? That's true. And, but no, I guess we're getting back to our point that if you make the price point cheap enough, what's the point of stealing it when it's easy enough to just buy it? Um, I think we see that in, in other industries as well. Oh, and certainly. It's something that in think about the music industry. There's, yeah, well, exactly. Remember a couple of years ago, there was a guy who was making the argument that if you just sell songs for five cents a piece, it wouldn't be worth stealing them, and you'd make more money because the the volume of sales would go up. You'd lose money per song, but so many more people would be buying it that you'd actually make more money because people go, oh, it's only five cents. It's not even worth the time to go to BitTorrent yeah, and take this off. No, that's really absolutely true. I guess it's trying to strike that happy medium. And you know what? This will help us find it. Maybe 20 bucks is the happy medium. Maybe it's 10 bucks. Maybe it's 5 bucks. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's 50 bucks. I don't know. But the point is, is that we have solutions out there now, um, you know, three at the same time. And I think this is just the beginning. Oh, certainly. Um, hopefully, I, I have a feeling though. once Speakerman has done it, other, other uh, yeah, type designers absolutely. are going to start to take up that idea and maybe put out some faces that are specifically for the web that you can use. These are all big names, you know, Font Bureau, that's uh, that's a nice foundry true. Like people are really going to listen to this and, and take take notice and, and follow suit hopefully. Oh yeah, I yeah, Font Bureau, like home to guys like Tobias Fred Jones and, and Matthew Carter yeah, and David Barlow. Yeah. Like that's a pretty big name. Eric Speakerman's obviously a pretty big name. Uh, Jeffrey Veen is a really big name on the yeah, web. Big, and absolutely. I'm really glad he's taken up the the uh, the cause of web fonts. Uh, by the way, for those who don't know Jeffrey Veen is uh, the guy who started Typekit. 
Right. Yeah. yeah, and previously and it's worked on like Google Analytics and it came from yeah. uh, Adaptive Path and p pretty big deal on the web. Really nice stuff. Um, and we had an idea too for a while, and we had this idea right before all these things got announced. Yeah, it was funny. We were talking like we probably had a huge we had a huge conversation about this probably a full week before any was this, this was announced, and then it all got announced. We're like, well, do we bother? So so I think we're just going to talk about it here, bring up the idea, and and open it up to our audience and see if you guys think it's a good idea. The idea essentially was an open source type foundry that was supported uh, by donations. Um, essentially, what was going to happen was we were going to go to type designers uh, like Matthew Carter or you know someone ask how much how much would it be if, if we if we we commissioned a typeface that you know we had complete ownership of and could give away for free. Um, so it'd be a one time fee, not a licensing fee. So it'd obviously be a lot more for that typeface. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, to give away to use on the web, you know, a web specific face. And, and, and then yeah, what we were going to do. Our, and hopefully the idea would be to make the money through donations from people who want to, um, you know, expand the typographic diversity on the web and maybe find supporters who uh, work with typefaces. Sponsors uh, such as Adobe or Apple or Microsoft or uh, <laughs> these, you know, the ideas. A lot the of pie in the sky ideas names. we have in our heads. Yeah, these are. It was absolutely pie in the sky. Um, you know, but the idea was essentially. I think this is important to all of those companies, to type designers and to graphic designers, and thus I think there would be a lot of a lot of initiative to donate, get money out there because it's it's really just expanding the web for everyone. Everyone would would be able to use that face then for free, and. Uh, within within amount uh, a short amount of time, if it's free, hopefully it would get all over the place fast enough that you know became a, a standard face that you would see on the web. Something that uh, created a little more diversity than what we have currently. Sure, and and it would be it would be one thing where we'd say any any uh, typeface that we can raise the money for, pay the type designer, and and then license it would be a free license. You can use it at Fontface anywhere. Also, we'd attempt to send it out to open source software projects so they could such as embed the, in, yeah, so they could include the font in downloads of software so that it starts to become ubiquitous. And so you exactly. have these ubiquitous like our obviously we have these ubiquitous typefaces like Georgia and Arial. Um, um, but it would be adding to that vocabulary, essentially. Right. You know, that's the idea. Uh, the idea, it still could work. I mean, we have a lot of great other great ideas from people who are, again, much smarter than us and really know what they're doing with this. But, you know, it doesn't hurt having new, free, open-source, well-done well typefaces out there, and that's that's the thing that's keeping us going with this idea. Yeah, and um, I mean, I think we, we still might want to do it because while there are so many other solutions, hitting it, hitting this problem from all angles I don't think is a bad idea. Um, especially right. because th the way – I mean this this was an idea I came up with just like sitting in my room trying to solve this problem. And uh, I tried to come up with the idea so that nobody loses. Like I don't believe that anyone should have to design for free. Like I would never go ask a type designer, hey, will you g design a typeface for us but we can't pay you? I don't believe that's fair. So we'd we'd raise the money ourselves. The type designer gets paid um, – we do we deal with the licensing of it and it's people who care about this issue that are paying for it that's yeah. the other thing though you know as a as a designer um i would never ask a designer to do something for free necessarily but i but if someone asked me i would especially for a good cause i would absolutely do it or consider it and i i feel like a lot of um designers agree with that and would would 
would do something like this for uh, less than usual as well, less than they would for maybe a corporation. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a possibility because obviously this would be like a not-for-profit type foundry. I guess that, that's what we'd call it, a not-for-profit yeah. type foundry. And there is a there is a not-for-profit type foundry that already exists as well. Oh, yeah, there is a thing called the League of Movable Type, which is I think is a really great idea. Um, the problem, of course, I see in it is that the quality of the faces aren't as high as they could be because it's kind of open and they just let people submit their free fonts to the uh, foundry. Although there is that one new one, which isn't isn't in a usable type format at this point. Oh, but it, it is was, pretty uh, great. It was a yeah. master's project, but it was for signage. Let me. Okay, so so it's called Flaminia, and that's it's a nice face. It is nice, but the the thing is, the, the other the other uh, typefaces on on the site are um, they're not necessarily the greatest for text type, which I think is most important right. on the web because you know most people who use uh, display faces tend to just put them in a PNG anyway, and I think that'll probably stay the same. Um, because it's you know that's a kind of a static header. Uh, the problem we're trying to solve is more dynamic. I don't I don't think we really have a have a huge problem with with static images and type. Right, you know exactly. But like we've said, here are three to four you know possible solutions. Three of them being actively worked on, and and it's we'll see where we go from here. Yeah. So certainly send us our send us your thoughts on our uh, open source type foundry idea or our not for profit type foundry well, idea. Send us your thoughts on all um, of these ideas. Which one which one yeah. do you like the best? Check them out. We'll put the all of the links in our show notes. Um, if you think you have a better idea than some of these, also let us know because, like like we said, this isn't none of these necessarily solve the whole issue. But um, just just this is what's been going on lately in the graphic design world. A lot of news on it, and we wanted to get it out there. Um, next week. We promise, we promise, we promise we will have uh, guests on. We actually, it's funny because next week we have about five people who want to record, five different guests. And so all of these are really going to come at once. But it's going to be a good yeah. summer. Um, we're both a little busy, but we are going to record anytime we can. Um, and, and that's all we're really going to say about that. But, uh, you know, in one. Yeah. Well, we both have, well, I'll just say we both have internships uh, working in various parts of the country. Um, so we're going to do our very, very best to keep continue, keep recording and do one every week. Um, but bear with us if we if we miss one week or, or so. And we're also because, still uh, working on the website. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we it's it's been busy, but we love what we do, and we're never going to stop. So don't worry about that. The most we'll ever miss yeah. in a row is one week. We promise. <laughs> um, but we have some great so guests coming up. A... Aaron Dra- Aaron Draplin Draplin Draplin. Aaron... I think uh, he'll tell us how to pronounce it right when we get him on the show. He'll be so. on. He'll be on <laughs> soon. He definitely, uh, and we're really excited about that. Um, as uh, we've been talking to Jos Bavenga, who's the designer of uh, Ex Libris, uh, or he's the designer of Museo at the Ex Libris Type Foundry. Um, who actually a great guy to talk about wet fonts on the web because he's put a lot of faces up for free. Has allowed people to use at font face with him as long as they give him credit. Um, and we were really interested to talk to him about the idea of, of putting some of your fonts out for free or just like a couple of weights out for free. Absolutely. And we have a, a few others we're not going to name at this time. But you have a couple in your head now, and stay tuned for next week. As usual, you can find us online at rbtl.us. You can uh, find us on Twitter at rbtlshow. And you can always email us at readbetweentheletting at gmail.com. Once again, I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Every day. Yeah. Um, God, I wish songs were five cents a piece. I know. I, I do wonder, though, if that's just a load of crap and it's actually I would lose a lot of money because I think they you would lose still lose. so I don't much think... money per song. 
I th that's a lot of money per song. If it was 50 cents a piece, that would be wonderful, and I think the argument could work. But 5 cents...